It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show that they choose. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. Uh, today, my guest is Dan Gerwich, who is a writer for Last Week Tonight with uh, John Oliver, and he uh, is formerly a writer of College Humor. Um, and he is a good guy, hmm. and he's wearing a red shirt. Welcome, Dan. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Yeah. I'm feeling like a really good guy today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'd say that that's your most defining feature is you're just a... Like a boring good guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the kind of guy that you you invite to a party because you know I'm not going to offend anybody, yeah. but also like when I leave, no one will notice yeah, or yeah. care. Yeah, people like be like, I think I met someone that matched what you your description, yeah. but I don't remember anything. Yeah, he said that he like he said he was happy with the weather and that he'd heard some good music lately, and then I quietly left and yeah. I think went to sleep. This is basically a filler episode of the podcast. <laughs> people be I, like, oh yeah, I, there was an episode, sure. but I don't remember. I totally understand. Um, so thank you so much, uh, Dan, for coming by mm-hmm. and watching TV with me on a beautiful day yeah. and on a day off for you. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you say what TV show that you decided to watch? Uh, I would like to watch Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a TV show that I... You said that you watch this a lot before we got on the mic. Yeah, yes. I also watch this a lot. Okay. Um, and I could also say that my wife hates uh, Tim Allen. Really? So it's sort of those, one of those things where... I mean, I'm not like a huge fan of him or sure. like of this show. It's not like... <laughs> hey, come like, on, man. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Join me. Join me in our fandom. <laughs> but... Um, but so I haven't I haven't watched a rerun. I haven't seen anything for since I've been in this goddamn relationship. You know gotcha. I mean? No, sure. Yeah. It, actually, do you want to let's maybe turn the mics off and have a more serious talk about your relationship and maybe what's going on? Yeah. OK. Yeah. And let's turn the mics off. Thanks, man. That was really nice. Holy Thank you. shit. Wow. Yeah. Um, no. Well, all right. We covered a lot of we covered a lot of dark stuff. Oh, and it still hurts in the thigh. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. My thighs also hurt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, well, we, we talked and we did a workout. Yeah. yeah we, had, we did a Jill Michaels workout and had a really intense talk. Um, but no, yeah. I um, I also have not seen an episode uh, in in quite a while in my adult life, but I did. I mean, I grew up watching it. It was kind of the, uh, the Gerwich family uh, show. So mm. I pretty much, I think I watched most of the years of the show as growing up with my parents. Which I believe was, I think it started in 91 and it lasted seven or eight seasons. Yeah, so it's kind of like right through my childhood and yours as well. Yeah. And and we just, it was one of those shows we watched out of habit, but also I have developed an affinity for it just because it was such a big part of my life for so long. Yeah, it was. I I can remember certain things from the show. I remember, I also looked up some stuff, but uh, Tim, the Toolman Taylor, is Uh the uh, patriarch of the family. (laughs) (laughs) Um... He likes tools. Loves and, them. And he hosts a TV show with tools. Sure. With Al Borland, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who he I, he, I remember he always made fun of him for being, I don't know, he wears flannel. Uh, yeah. Generally, I'd say the weight and the flannel are the two, uh, the <laughs> right. two topics. And maybe being discussion. boring? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. His I think name is Al Borland. A, I, Al wow. Borland. Yeah. Wait a second. Now we're getting now we're getting somewhere. I think yeah, I think his boredom was a thing. I think his like general lack of you know uh, like Tim's a, a chance taker and right. uh, Al's not you know. Um, but yeah, it's been a while since I like watched the actual interactions. Although I do, I do have an actual uh, affinity for the one aspect of the show, which I'll probably talk about later after we watch it. If if it tr- turns out to be true and not just a memory, mm-hmm. but it's that I I really enjoy the way that they um, the characters laugh at each other mm. uh, in the show a lot, as if they're acknowledging that they're just kind of like funny, charming people who enjoy each other's company, which I actually found refreshing compared to shows like Will and Grace, where people are like speaking in roast insults and never acknowledging that anybody has made any sort of amusing comment. Right. You know, there's something very like that I found very endearing about like even Tim and uh, Jill, his wife's relationship because they're, they make fun of each other, but in a way that like, they're like, uh, like acknowledging that they're being funny. Right, right, right. Which actually makes it feel a little bit more realistic and, and charming to me. Which I'm interested. I feel like we're going to watch an episode from season two. And I feel like this, I assume that will still exist here. I feel like what I remember from this show is that by the end, or I don't know by the end, I just remember watching it and it got more and more sort of not a parody of itself, but like they focus on certain things like 
the tool like um like crazy um like man cave stuff and right. like um I don't remember I just remember there but that was actually yeah. part of the show that I actually liked too was the they do like cool things on his show within a show and and that would be like sort of like the fun stuff you know like the yeah. band that plays only instruments made out of <laughs> tools and stuff yeah i remember i mean like and this is again one of those things that could actually be wrong and my memories are just too nostalgic and positive but it's i remember that the the show within a show did actually do some fun stuff right. where like it, they weren't i mean i'm sure for like you know for every good idea there were probably three episodes where he just like hits himself with a hammer but i think that for the most part they tried to keep it interesting now which episode and how did you choose uh the episode oh uh, well i i decided to, that we should watch uh season two episode six the haunting of taylor house mm-hmm. uh based on the extensive research of i went on a home improvement message board and somebody was ranting about how funny they thought it was and uh, this is a person who likes home improvement enough to be on a home improvement message board, right. and they chose this episode, so I feel like I should believe them. Oh, man. I wish we could give them a shout-out if we knew their... Uh, oh, man. Their, it, might uh, be, uh, it might be on my phone right I may, now. I want to see if they, if they had a, uh, a screen name that is uh, Tim Taylor related. Oh, God, yeah. While you're, while you're looking it up, I'll say that this is the synopsis of the episode. Here it is. I'll tell oh, you right you got now. It. Sorry. It's Tony, T-O-N-I... Uh, 1953. So Which I'm my guess is, can I just say this? Absolutely. My right. guess is this is a guy <laughs> named Tony who was born in 1953. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's actually a woman because it's an I, Tony. Oh, maybe. But 1953, you're absolutely correct that we are talking about a uh, 61-year-old woman. And we're gonna watch. <laughs> we're gonna watch her favorite episode of Home Improvement today. <laughs> Nobody except for a person born in 1953 would use the number 1953. Oh, absolutely the not. Yeah, that's actually that's very funny. I did not consider this uh, before in my choosing of the episode. So, so but... she picked. She watched this episode 22 years ago. So she was uh, in uh, her late 30s, I guess. Wow, early 30s. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the late 30s. So. Yeah. A totally reasonable time to be watching Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Starting a family of her own. Can he, what did she say about it? Can we just read what, what um, did Tony in 1953 say? So she said that my favorite is The Haunting of Taylor House, where Tim and Al scare the bejesus out of that snotty friend of Brad's. So someone's getting their comeuppance. <laughs> I like how she's saying, saying that snotty friend of Brad's means like, you, you remember that character that was always there being yeah, you know. like <laughs> That's her take on Brad's yeah. friend. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, I mean, hopefully he had shown up a lot, and then this was finally her chance to get some comeuppance and revenge on that guy. There's just a thread of hers that's just like Brad's snotty friend, like her just taking him down. <laughs> that's um, really intense. Well, she has her own uh, other website, which is actually very, it's like white power. It's very, you know, oh like boy. well, that will be... Um, it's a whole thing. She, we'll, get, we'll hear word from Tony Knight to 53, I'm sure. <laughs> I hope she listens to this. Me too. Um, Me too. So this is the synopsis. Brad and Jennifer plan to dress like Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy on Halloween, but she shows up with Danny and is instead dressed like him? Huh. <laughs> What's happening? After Danny tries to ruin Tim's catacombs of terror, Tim scares him with the help of Alan Wilson. Brad and Jennifer... <laughs> I'm trying to reread this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, like, I don't know who Jennifer is. I'm but assuming she shows girlfriend. up with Danny. Danny yeah. is dressed like him. <laughs> okay. Danny and is instead dressed like him. Like Brad? So, Brad, so yeah, so Jennifer, Danny's dressed like Brad. Or Je- or Jennifer's dressed like Brad. She shows up with Danny and is instead so. dressed like him. Yeah, well, I guess this is... All right, I'm going to say this. This isn't critiquing the writing of the show itself. Sure. Whoever wrote the synopsis, <laughs> come on, guys. You don't think Tim Allen personally wrote the iTunes synopsis of the... Oh, uh, I hope so. <laughs> so we're going to watch this episode. Do you think it will hold up? Uh... I hope so. I think that it will because I think that Halloween episodes tend to be more timeless than other episodes. Uh, Halloween, which is an I think opinion that, I just formed. Right I now. think. Well, I remember specifically with Roseanne that I would look forward to those Halloween episodes because they did it up for real. Right. And I think that this show did that as well. Yeah, I think I think ninety sitcoms have a long and great history of really going for it. Your hand home. just touched my. Hand. Yeah, yeah. I don't. know. We don't need to tell the audience about that, but we do need to share it. For <laughs> the moment. Say, but actually, with what you were saying, it makes it like <laughs> I think in the nineties there was a. <laughs> you're reassured. 
That's how I reassure and flirt with you is to talk about the you know the, the, trips of the 90s. The Halloween shows of the 90s. Mm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, we're going to check out The Haunting of Taylor House. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to guess... Uh, I think in some ways it'll hold up, and I'm, I think in uh, uh, in some ways perhaps it'll be. Not. Well, you know what? It'll be interesting because it's actually I didn't realize the season two is pretty early on. The kids are pretty young. Yes. So I don't. So we haven't. I don't think we're going to get full Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Quite. He yet. was a superstar. Was he even at not, not not maybe not yet, but because of the show, he was oh, huge, 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 huge. And I'm, but I, that's actually something that now I'm 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 wondering like, are we going to get? That star Optimum power. JTT. I because think this show, from my Wikipedia research, I think it wasn't number one until the third season. So right. this might be before it like hit like uh, totally Olsen twins his... status of like right. of like Teen Beat. You know what? I kind of like that though because there's something about a TV show once it's once it knows that it's huge, right? It starts playing into those exact same things that right. made it huge over and over again. So we're gonna kind of see it before it you know got to that peak back when JTT was uh, not. Maybe the hottest child in America. He was just uh, Jonathan of- Thomas at that time. <laughs> exactly, JT. <laughs> he was just JT. Mm-hmm. This was before he was Simba, and it was before... Oh, God, um, yeah, he was Simba. Wow. Tom and Huck. <laughs> <laughs> Great knowledge of JTT movies. Yeah. I th- well before, uh, you know... I think um, we- Ma- I don't know. Man I of the House? Is it Man of the House? Am I, am I right? He might have been. What's the one where he in... No, Jungle to Jungle. Jungle to Jungle with... Were those both with Tim Allen? Jungle to Jungle. I think it was. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird. Just him him and Tim Allen playing a different father and son. What's weirder is I think I saw we watched Tom and Huck in middle school, like in English class. <laughs> in English class? Oh, my God. Which is really depressing. Yeah. Um, so we're going to watch uh, uh, The Haunting of the Taylor House. Let's ready to it. rock? So ready. Let's do it. Wilson, the catacomb of terror is just about complete, but I need your chains. Mm-hmm. Right inside the garage, good neighbor. This is going to be great. It's going to be so scary down there. Those kids are going to love this. Well, I'm sure they will, Tim. I believe it was Winston Churchill who said there's nothing so exhilarating as being shot at and missed. It's a safe bet it wasn't Lincoln who said that. <laughs> well, everybody loves a good scare, Tim. Yeah? Why is that? Well, Tim, it's just a physical reaction. When a person becomes frightened, his body releases large amounts of epinephrine. I love that song, too. Mm-hmm. Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Epinephrine goes walking. No, 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 no. No, Tim, you're talking Epinema. I'm talking Epinephrine. Oh, yeah, sure you are. Yeah, sure. Well, let's just say adrenaline. It speeds up the conversion of glycogen into glucose. <laughs> And glucose supplies energy to the muscles, thus making them more efficient for fight or flight. I don't care what it does. When Brad's friends see this catacomb of terror, there'll be epinephrine in their pants. <laughs> we did it. We watched uh, The Haunting of the Taylor House. We did. I, in, you know, in retrospect, I, uh, I think we watched uh, one particular 61-year-old woman's favorite episode of the show, but I do not think that it was in any way objectively a good episode of Home Improvement. <laughs> yeah, which was sort of, <laughs> I sort of, without fully saying it, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was absolutely. Like, I, I mean, not that there were funny aspects of the show. Sure. Not agree. Not in terms of just like even story, there was basically nothing there. No, nothing. It's not. It's and I, I definitely have seen some episodes in my days since I was a kid, and that that was not. I don't think a, a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't like that was just. I think a, a real just middle of the road time killer. It's crazy though, just like how little they needed to make a story for an episode. It was basically a lot of it, which I think is sort of. I guess I sort of mentioned up top, but a lot of it was just based around like set pieces more than actually there being a story. Yeah, it's interesting. You forget watching older sitcoms that a lot of the time, I feel like in the yeah in the last twenty years, there's been more of a focus on comedies really having more of a forward thrust. And I think a lot of times when you watch older sitcoms, you forget like it's just characters that you know their interactions, their predictable interactions with each other, and they just they just act them out. They just it doesn't really matter what happens necessarily. Right. You know? Right. So in this episode, it's a Halloween episode. Yeah. Oh wait, let's start that it started and I think as it usually did with a segment from Tool Time, Tim's show within the show. I think it does usually start with those, yeah. 
and um, and I sort of they quickly I remembered that there are a lot of like things that always always happened on the show. One was uh, we talked about before. Tim makes fun of Al, right? He says. Uh, I forget what he says, but he makes fun of him. Yeah, there were, I would say, upwards of six or seven different jokes throughout the episode where somebody is like, like says someone else looks scary before they've put a costume yes, on. Yes, that's, that's, a, that's a theme throughout that's a the thing. That's a big theme. But, oh my God, but yeah. they're not, they're, they're just not, themselves. Yeah, exactly. They're actually, they're probably about 10 of those jokes. Well, well yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of those jokes, but uh, oh, they're saying uh, he's building a brick wall and he's about to float a brick, which is something that. Don't quite know what that means, but I yeah. assume it means let it settle into I the guess so. yeah. cement. I myself have never built a brick wall. I've never built a brick wall yeah. either. Um, but uh, And then he tells Al to get an extra brick because they're, oh, yeah, this is, he goes, um, well, you, uh, we ran out of bricks. And he goes, I guess you could say that you're one brick shy of a load. That's right. what Al says to uh, uh-huh. to Tim. And Tim says, uh, and I could also say that you're now unemployed. Or one joke short of unemployment, I believe yes, it was. Yes, that's, that's, yes, that's great. Yes. I'd say that a lot of this, and you said that they joke around with each other, but most of the humor between people is them directly making fun of each other. Yeah, like, they are. It's true. And I think that like uh, a little bit more so in this episode, it seemed, than in other ones. I know, well, Tim and Al always were. Tim but, and Al always uh, are. God, they're... But yeah, they, were, they are directly making fun of each other a lot. Although, I would say that there is... A certain warmth that comes across, even in this not good episode. Yes, there's they do a good job of like uh, making sure that you understand the characters cared about each other. You know, yeah, which is actually something that I don't like. This is not a show that I would watch necessarily for like a comedy enjoyment these days. Right, and right, I, don't, right. I don't think I don't know if time has been kind to it in that regard either. But like, like I think that like everybody loves Raymond, for instance, is a probably a funnier show with better joke writing but it's also a show that like if you think about it for two minutes is incredibly depressing where like it's based on uh, you know a husband and wife who very obviously despise each other on a basic level and shouldn't be together and make each other miserable and home improvement something that i've always liked about it is that that's not uh the relationship at the center of the show even though he and his wife shit on each other a lot and he and al shit on each other a lot there's not that sense of like no but seriously underneath all the laugh track though these people really do hate each other which yeah, is right, feeling right. that i think sometimes does come across on other shows there is love underneath it but right. to be fair in this episode i think every line between jill and tim was like uh <laughs> he's like he's going like ah he's like and she's like that was the face you made during our wedding and he's like well that's after i t- took off the veil and yeah. she's like well, well why are you wearing that veil yeah and then it's just yeah it's, it's true it's true they were but, they were going for it it was endearing in some way i would say that yeah. they hey i like i like jill and i would say this too is that in this episode they're fun parents they're throwing a party for brad yeah uh, a halloween party and they're they're making uh, uh eyeballs in uh, tapioca pudding Grape, sure. grapes and tapioca well Glass. also and i know and i'm gonna come across a lot like i am uh, a supporter and defender of home improvement even of this you know obviously objectively shitty episode but there are things like that like i actually respect i think that before it was cool even i think that jill was a you know it's a classic sitcom setup of like goofy husband that's just trying to you know be irresponsible and a wife that is the more has the head on her shoulders but i think that home improvement subverts that a lot more than other shows even shows today have like m- much more like nattering nags of a wife with a goofy husband that doesn't end like in on home improvement jill's like very much game for shenanigans she holds her own and she holds her own and she's like she's having fun herself and she's she gives tim a hard time but she's not necessarily trying to stop him from having fun which is right. a thing that i think is a very like common sitcom problem throughout history yeah i don't i don't disagree with that so, yeah i think jill and tim great great couple yeah great tv couple um and I mean, I guess we should describe the plot, but it's so. I mean, well, here's the weird thing: is that how old do you think Brad was in this episode? Oh God, yeah. I at uh, I thought he was the youngest at first because he had a costume on, and then it turned out he was Brad, the oldest. Uh, he must have been. I guess is he like? Is he? Are they? Were they ten? I'd say like ten, 10 or to what? twelve. 10 I'd to say 12, twelve max. Yeah, max. And the plot is that he is. By the way, that synopsis that we read before it makes even less sense now. Yeah, I don't totally get it. Episode. But he dresses up as Raggedy Andy, expecting that the girl Jennifer that he likes uh, is dressing as Raggedy Ann. Sure. When she shows up, 
She's not dressed as him. Not dressed as Raggedy Ann, and also is with another guy. She's dressed in in like biker clothes, right? So she's come with an and who and she's with this other guy whose name is uh, Ryder Strong, who Ryder is Strong, from uh, Boy his... Meets World. No big deal. Probably one of his earlier roles. He does very well in it, and mm-hmm. he, I mean, mm-hmm. I give her much respect More power to, Ryder, to him, yeah. Ryder Strong. But, but yeah, so she she's coming and she's and she's matched with another kid, another guy instead of with him. Uh, which is a deep insult to him. But the thing that's weird about it is, like, when the guy, when Ryder Strong comes in, he puts his arm around her and, yeah. like, is t- it's like as if they were like sixteen or seventeen, and he was the cool dude, like the bike actual biker dude, and be right. like, "Hey, this is my girl now." But it felt so weird with like oh, ten yeah. year olds. It's super weird because it's also a joke free moment. There's like no laughs or laugh track or jokes. There's just this like tense moment between ten year olds where this guy apparently has. Has claimed this woman as his property, and uh, they're just—it's way—it's like a solid five years too old in terms of the dialogue for yeah for what those kids are uh, are actually looking like. It's super unpleasant to watch. I thought, yeah, yeah, very I, weird. I winced and I did not like it. <laughs> I mean, all respect to Ryder Strong, and he had a strong career after this. But this, for me, in terms of his roles, I think yeah. he wasn't his best. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think that he probably watches it every day and, and realizes that he, he's grown. He's grown. He he's uses grown. it as that fuel, as fuel, <laughs> yeah, exactly. as fuel to be exactly. like, this is where I started, now look at me now. <laughs> but yeah, that ends up being the actual only, like, plot in right. the episode. And and the pl- and basically, well, there's this, what is this, uh, there's this, so basically Tim gives him a talk and says, you know, always say you understand yeah. Uh, try to find out her perspective. Uh, but he, he's being like, pretend you understand. Say you understand. Right, right. But you never. You know, you, guys, we, can't we're, win. guys can't. We, we can't. Win. We're just, look at us. Yeah. We're know, Women are mysteries. Yeah. And, uh, and he uses that advice to find out that Jennifer was upset that Brad picked somebody else at kickball the day before. Right. And, you know, it's a tender little moment. And, and then Brad eventually, by the end of the episode, uses it uh, to. Uh, have his own kind of emotional catharsis moment conversation with uh, Jennifer, right. where they work out their uh, their issues. As t- uh, like he he she says to him, they're ten years old. She says, um, "You're what, what what he she uses a word that starts with a D that I don't remember. You're dense. You're dense. You're dense. Sometimes you can be so dense. And if somebody said that to me now as a grown up, I'd be like, wow, that's pretty strong. Yeah. Like wow, yeah, how dare you." I, let's, I guess we have to talk about this. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's a very serious. That's not a word that I would throw around. But no, Jennifer yeah. just flows with it. She gets right there. She, I mean, and she looked like she was in a serious mood. She was like very. It was a very uh, intense emotional couple fight that was going on between two God, children. I can't imagine at ten years old having any having a real feelings conversation with anyone yeah can you even imagine i think that i had like i had one female friend and i mostly hung out with her because she had cinnamon toast crunch at her house and i didn't get to eat sugary cereal at my house so that's when i went over to her house and ate cinnamon toast crunch that's the end of my emotional conversation here's my question did you know the the first time you were there did you know there was cinnamon toast crunch before you went well, we were acquaintances, and our friendship uh, was was in an okay place. And then I discovered that she had the sugary cereals that I didn't have. And then I sort of found more and more excuses to go over wow. there. Yeah. What cereals did you eat? Uh, my parents were big on just the Raisin Bran and all the you know things that weren't you know outwardly unhealthy for you. So I had to go elsewhere for that stuff. This was our family's secret uh, cereal uh, recipe. Was two thirds Rice Krispie treats, uh, not not Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> that would be gross. Two thirds Rice Krispies, and then the top a layer of Corn Pops. Oh wow! Yeah, because it mixes. It gives you the <laughs> Rice Krispies is is got a great crunch, sure, uh, but it's not sugary. And then the Corn Pops just in there. I haven't had it in years, but that uh, that's we came a, from very different families. Yeah. I was always I was the kid that no one wanted to trade lunches with because oh. I had the the seven grain bread with the all natural peanut butter, and everyone was. But just you like, were before that was even like the the trend. Now I'm true. I'm in your world. I eat raisin bran and sure, I, and I I seven grain bread. You know, I know. But yeah, that was my reason for hanging out with girls, basically. Uh, at that age, yeah, I probably don't think that I hung out with a girl, or and I, to even coordinate both to say we're going to wear the same costume and then tell your parents right. that 
I want to wear this certain costume because a girl's going to be wearing the other costume. That's yeah. like that's that's pretty advanced. Really advanced. Actually, now that I think about it, let's take a look at just the whole the the overarching plot of the episode is Tim and Jill create a haunted house. Tim creates a haunted house in his garage or in right. his basement. Basement. Yeah, basement, right? Uh and invites the children of the neighborhood over to to experience his own haunted house that he created starring him. Right, 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 right. Is that the kind of thing that like would, would do you think that anyone has ever done that? Do you think that's if, if you heard if you were if you had a kid and you heard that your neighbor or someone down the street was was having a party where they were throwing they created a haunted house where they were in the haunted house and they wanted to scare your children, would you let their, your kids go to that party? It depends. If he was a, the host of a television show called Tool Time, yeah. I think I'd be like... I guess. But I'd want to be there. There were no other parents Yeah, no there. other parents. That's the, That's the thing, problem. The That's the problem. drop their kids off at the Taylor's house and, they're, yeah, and, and, and assume that their kids are in good hands for the rest of the but evening. But here's the other thing is the two other people that are involved in the haunted house are one, his neighbor Wilson, sure. who has nothing better to do. Literally nothing. And Al Borland, his workmate, who's a grown man who also has nothing better to do and no fr- other friends or family that he's spending. Yeah, we should, we should tell at this point, I think the listeners of the podcast, that the big reveal at the end of the episode is that... That there's this fantastic the reveal that has this, nothing to yeah do. nothing to do with anything it, it's it's it, the episode is oh it's such terrible writing because the the there's this kid Ryder Strong that the it turns out at the end that the big the big catharsis moment of the show is him finally getting scared because he's he, when he's walking through the basement and he's like this isn't scary look you're just a, a grown man dressed as a woman because he's dressed as Nana Stein that's what Nana uh, Stein like right. an old uh, woman mm-hmm. and and nothing can scare him and then lo and behold right he uh, Tim takes him to a box of Binford toolbox Binford mm-hmm. being of course sure the company that they they the tool uh, company they're sponsored by. Yeah. And under the box is a is a, a a bucket that says "Do not remove." Mm-hmm. And what's under the bucket? Well, it's uh, it's Al Borland's head, Craig, and uh, and uh, with fangs, with fangs and, uh, blood. and blood, and then Al Borland's body, or so we think, runs away. Uh, I guess uh, uh, Mark, the youngest boy, is, has a- been playing Al Borland's body. Now, the interesting thing about this, I, I think we have to let people know, is that the other kids are gone at this point. They've all been scared away. I think I think they made their way back to the stairwell to sort of see oh, the action. Did they I watch? Think, I think they Jill must have corralled them. I see, bit. okay. Because it does feel like all of this, like you have to kind of go back a step and ask, like, was did, did he, was there a meeting earlier in the day where Tim was like, all right, we have this kid who's a dick. Right. Who's going to be, who we need to make sure there's a big set piece to scare him, specifically for him, because he didn't break it out for the other kids. No. And then... He specifically, once he has this kid and he's alone with his kid in his basement, then that's when he really goes for it with the Al Borland head and the body and the whole, all these other things. Yeah, if I if I had a child and my child was, uh, let's say, a host of a television show, I'd be like, oh yeah, go to his, that great, you're making friends and listen, he's a little famous, that's sure, cool. Yeah. And then I found out that... Tim the Toolman Taylor frightened my singled out my child and frightened him by showing a decapitated head. And then Wilson, a weird neighbor, a weird neighbor. is dressed as a mummy, puts him basically in like a chokehold. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, he like he like grabs him and terrifies him. And it's all specifically furious. for this kid. Yeah, exactly. It's not like they all gathered together and watched a couple of creepy things. It's like it was for him. It was to scare him, this one kid. And uh yeah, it doesn't really hold up when you think about it for any time at all. Also, at the end there, Wilson uh, says to Al as he's leaving, he says, nice working with you, Al. Like, they really had a nice day yeah, together. Wilson, they... you're, yeah, you're also like, how well does Wilson know Al? Yeah. What is their relationship like? Yeah. I was also thinking when he said, nice work with you, Al, I was like, that might be pretty cool for Wilson. He just, he just sort of did uh, like a theatrical <laughs> event with two, you know, two television stars. Yeah, two television persona. stars. It went, it went very well for him. <laughs> that, was like his, that was like his, you know acting you know oh, oh yeah so we have to talk about do you want to talk about wilson's pumpkin this is my favorite part of the episode yeah yes so wilson uh they have the there's always the scene in home improvement where tim wanders out into the yard and has a conversation with wilson about that somehow gets to a deeper 
a deeper discussion of life. Wilson, yeah, Wilson is the neighbor who you never see the bottom of his face. Mm -hmm. Always obscured Uh, by the fence. Always obscured by the fence. He sometimes wears a bucket cap, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's smart. Smart. He he gave. He had a, a quote by Winston Churchill. Yep. Uh, in this episode, and he gives advice, and usually not in this one, but usually Tim will later like bungle the advice. Yeah. He bungles it immediately. Oh, after. he bungles it immediately. Right. right. He says epinephrine, and he says uh, uh, the girl from uh, epinephrine. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's the reference. Yes. And, but the best, although thing is, by itself <laughs> impressive, that Tim Allen knows. Like he doesn't know epinephrine, but he knows the girl from Ipanema, which is he like knew already, all the lyrics except for that one, right? Which is like already that's a kind of a as far as references go. You're you're referencing like a jazz song. It's not exactly a you know. It's not like a sports reference. Like he's, he's yeah not, he's not yeah that yeah he's got he's a little worldly <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly. Um, but Wilson is making a. Uh, a pumpkin, uh, a jack o' lantern, and it's he lights it up, and it's his own face behind a fence, right? Which there's a huge uproarious laugh from the audience. But it's so weird if you think about it that Wilson thinks of himself from the point of view of, of his, <laughs> his neighbor, neighbor Tim. He set out. He got. He sat down with a pumpkin, and he said, "What should I do?" And he said, and he decided to do his own face from the perspective of his neighbor. With his face obscured by the fence, which that is so I, many steps. I can't imagine <laughs> doing a lantern and be like, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Hmm. How does my neighbor Tim look at me? Because <laughs> like, they never talk about the fact that it's always unsaid no, that he's behind the fence. Utterly unsaid. I would say like, you know, season six, they start making like subtle references to the well, fact even that even in this one, he, he says, can I borrow those chains or something? Tim is asking for for the for the um, uh, scary ha- haunted house, some chains, and he obscures his f- uh, Wilson when he grabs the chains, obscures his face. So right. there's always sort of them f- oh, they finding know. ways. They know. Yeah, but but they, yeah, but the, this idea that Wilson then is you have to if we have to take him seriously, we're watching it happen. It, we have to believe that now Tim that Wilson truly sees himself from the perspective of Tim Allen, Tim Taylor, his neighbor, and and that's how he's chosen to sculpt his own face is from his neighbor's perspective. And he's, and he's aware that he obscures his face. Right. So, which implies that he's trying to hide something. That he's trying to hide it. Like, right, he like, is actively hiding the bottom half of his face. And I remember in the final episode, I actually, I remember watching the final episode when it happened, even though I think I left the show for a while. Sure. And when they came out to do their bows, Wilson came out with a like handheld mini fence to right. cover his face. Super. But does he not? He doesn't show it at the end of the episode. I don't know. He, maybe he did. But I yeah. did when I was doing my Wikipedia research. I looked him up. I was like, you know, on the Wikipedia it says like all the actors on the right side, and I was clicking each one not sure who is who right and there was a name i didn't recognize i was like who's that and it showed a picture of a guy i was like who is that <laughs> and it was him yeah like, and i saw his full face i was like that's there's got to be something a little bit strange about being no you're on an, at one point the number one television show maybe on tv for sure and you are if nobody would recognize you no yeah only the top half of his face but it's yeah because things like this, like stories like that, and I think there's other ones that that reference his self awareness about this fence situation. It, it, it undeniably implies that he's trying to hide his face, which implies that he has some sort of a horrible disfigurement, disfigurement yeah. or something like that. But it's not. I don't think that that's tr- true in the actual like in the canon of the show. Right, but but then if not, then what the what the hell is he doing? Imagine imagine if that is like in the when they first pitched the show, they're like, um, oh yeah, Tim, you know he is Al at work, but he gets his advice from um, this burn victim who lives next door, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, ah, uh, yeah. I don't know, and like no 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 don't yeah. worry, we're gonna cover him with a fence, but. It's going to be sort of his arc that he's a burn victim. Right. And they're like, I, I don't know. We he's, like the yeah. fence thing. <laughs> <laughs> they talked him off. They talked him down from having him yeah, actually be a... That, yeah, but yeah, that yeah. was like... Or maybe the entire show is just like, it's about a burn victim. And he sometimes... Right. He, he, he talks to his neighbor who, you know, I don't know what he does. He, he hosts a TV show yeah, about tools. Some and they're like... Meaningless family that... TV show about through. tools? This is the character that we want. Exactly. 
and then they signed Tim Allen on to it. <laughs> the whole show. And it was a nightmare for the creators who really all their lives just wanted to tell this emotional story of a burn victim. And then they, were, they, they found themselves uh, imprisoned by success yeah, and man. unable to do so. Oh god! Yeah, it is. It is super fascinating. Wilson, also, it was originally called Wilson the Burn Victim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rodney Wilson the Burn Victim. The there was there's something about it that really is funny because it's like I don't I, I like Home Improvement and, and I and I do think that the the fence thing is a weird charming aspect of the yeah, show. Yeah, it's fun, but it's it is really hard to imagine like in 2014 like pitching a TV show where you're like and also one of the characters will. You just won't see his like mouth, uh, and that's going to be a joke funny enough that it sustains for nine years. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, can you imagine crazy. like you're not going to see this guy's mouth, and, and that'll be every episode that'll be a joke for nine years for and 180 episodes to keep it funny or like surprising. They'd I I can't imagine in the last season the thing the heights that they go to oh to cover God. his face and must be so insane. <laughs> like because yeah. the writers are you know at a certain point they have to be like oh we gotta we gotta come up with another yeah. fucking Wilson gag for his fucking face. fucking face yeah and Wilson himself he's probably like pitching them stuff you know? oh He's yeah probably, that's like, the worst part of being a home improvement writer is wilson the guy who plays God. wilson coming yeah, like in all the new all face the, gags all the new writers are like you got to spend the day with uh, that actor who plays wilson <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the season he has in his contract that he has to you're spending a weekend with him it's a retreat where you talk about different, <laughs> different wilson gags. face retreat yeah <laughs> yeah wilson just face. smile just smile and just say we'll think about it we'll consider it say it say that's that's good that could work so Oh. That could work. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to say to Wilson when he. That'll work. That he, could work. That could yeah. work. Yeah. When Wilson pitches you face obscuring ideas. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so. It's so weird. Well, you know, I wish we could. I think. Uh, I think Wilson's dead now. The actor who played. He did. Wilson. Yeah. He. He, uh, he died he, of lung cancer. He succumbed. In Was it lung cancer? Yeah. You, are, <laughs> <laughs> did you look that up before I came over today? <laughs> that's really true. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He was a lifelong smoker. Oh, geez. I'm sorry to say, but gosh, that is sad. Yeah. But did you know that when they actually when they pulled the uh, the sheet of the body bag, they just pulled it right up to the bottom of his nose. <laughs> yeah, as yeah. in tribute. God, can you imagine? <laughs> like, okay, his friends and family sure. going to his funeral. Somebody was. Somebody had to have half expected or made a joke that, like, if it's an open casket, that there's a, f- or maybe oh. there was a fence a covering fence. his face. God, I, you know, I would respect the shit out of that. If that actually happened, I'd be like, hey, this guy has a sense of humor. God. Yeah, I, it's so, it's so interesting. But do you so think strange. maybe also there's the chance that he was like fighting, like, we need to see Wilson's face? <laughs> <laughs> he was disgruntled for nine full years. Yeah, he's just like, God damn it. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's SAG uh, rules that if your full face is not in the shot, you don't get as much money. So he gets he one third because one third. only one third of his face is shown. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't know that about SAG, but you actually make a salary based on the percentage of your face God. that is on camera. Uh, um, it's very, yeah, it's very picky. That's why women get paid more because they have longer hair. So that covers that's yeah. like more it's this, your head. So that's an extension of your head. That's true. That's why actresses all have long hairs yeah. to get paid more money. And then of course, that's why, uh, you know, like the, the lesser cable channels have all those shows about, uh, Islamic women. Right. It's, 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 it's a money saving. Of course. And it's then of course, you know, event. you know, like a big, uh, big name actor on mm-hmm. television, uh, like now Brian Cranston, you know, his next sure. show is going to have long hair. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta capitalize. You gotta capitalize. <laughs> That's how you make money. That's how you make deals. His, his actors are like, I'm into the show, but can we yeah. <laughs> have really long hair? <laughs> oh, what was I going to say? Uh, so, yeah. So before we watched the show, I, I had said that this was probably not going to be optimum JTT, and it truly was not optimum yeah, JTT. Yeah, this... It's they funny, didn't know. They didn't know yet. But it did... The only thing they gave JT... In fact, they they sent JTT away from the episode. At the beginning yeah. of the episode, he gets dressed up as a pirate. Yes. And he's going to a different party at someone else's house, and Tim, like, takes out shaving cream and eggs and soap from his bag. He's a troublemaker, I sure. guess. And then they send him away. Send he had, like, one little scene. 
Yeah, you that that is something that absolutely never happened. Like post season three of Home Improvement, was yeah, like definitely the not. the aggressive sending away of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Like, no, yeah, but I think that's really, that's really that's that's kind of fun to watch when you watch an old show. Like, just they just didn't know yet. They that's didn't like before know before Urkel was Urkel. Yeah, exactly. Like, like he was just the neighbor boy. They just thought they hated. It was like well, an old sassy kid. They didn't really give second thought to it. I feel like in later episodes they would uh, they'd find all the excuses in the world to send away all the other kids and right. keep and make Jonathan Taylor Thomas the focus of the whole show. Um, th- there. There are two things. Is one, uh, did you know that Jonathan Taylor Thomas left before the end of the show? I think I do series? remember that. Yeah. yeah, he left, I think, either at the beginning of the last season or during the second to last season, he wanted to focus on school, supposedly. Interesting. Or so the tabloids tell us. Sure. And now I have a couple little factoids about the kid who played Mark. You've done your research. One is a remembrance. Okay. Mark Mark is uh, has a little role in here. He he's he oh he dresses up as Tim sure. for uh, which is very cute. He very dressed cute. up as his dad, uh, host of Tool Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember that later in the series, he was seven or six or seven when the show started. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously his parents' choice. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, but I remember in a later season episode, him he, or later he got more goth like, like he got more gothy. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if I'm making this up or if it's true, but I think that that was like him in real life was like I might be more into goth and that's maybe, amazing. Maybe that was like I'll do the show, but like I need to be more just goth. let me be more goth. Isn't that strange? Yeah, that, like that sounds. But I mean, it sounds potentially correct because he would have been 13 or 14 or 15. Yeah, something show, like that. It was like right around the time where you're like, yeah. I'm going to try this new thing. And then the other Wikipedia thing is that I saw that he um, he had to sue or something to get access to the money uh, when he was 18 because oh. I think there was a trust fund or something set up. But I think he had to have had some sort of thing. Oh, jeez. But then the other information that I think is Mark-related is that he ended up um, creating a... Uh, business uh, with organic foods. <laughs> why, why do I, Re- I, what? I really? But I think it failed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a crowded space. You know, you can't. You hope to compete with the big brands these yeah, days in, the, yeah. in a field like that. That's especially especially when you're you know spending most of the money your profits on goth materials yeah, on uh, skater shoes yeah exactly That's i know th- i know s- it seems like i know so much about yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's literally like thing. three lines in wikipedia yeah. you know what i mean it's i respect that no i don't yeah i had not thought about mark he definitely i mean it's funny. Yeah, that's a classic sitcom story that Mark, because he was the one that, you know, he was too young to really be able to act when he started. And then as the show went on, it was like, it was evident that he wasn't going to grow into a great actor. Right. Well, ne- not, none of these three, I mean, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Brad, I don't know his name. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> oh, but, but JTD has like definite ca- like ca- charisma. No, no, no. He, yeah. I mean, he became a star, but he either by choice or whatever yeah. did not continue to do that. It must be such a strange, like, this was a, a period of his life where he was a gigantic superstar. Sure. I mean, he was on the biggest show. He was the voice of Simba, you know, for yeah. for God's sake. And, for uh, fucking for God's sake. For God's sake. <laughs> and and he was in movies. He was on Teen Beat. That must be so weird that... Yeah. I, I, I guess I haven't heard a lot about him being a, a mess, so it sounds like he's probably okay. I hope. Hey, Which is great. That's I, I would like love that. If he just like got rich, was a teen idol, and then around like 18 or 19 was like, all right, that's that's enough of that. I, I hope so. Good like, for him if that's... A, yeah. And it, listen, if you're out there listening and you know what happened to JTT, if you're Tony 1953 sure. and you're listening and you know, <laughs> like, you know, tweet at us. Let yeah. us know. If you are JTT. Hey, if you're JTT listening to this, I am, first of all, good for you. Yeah. Uh, for good for for him, good for him. For <laughs> no, for not for listening. Congratulations, for, Jonathan. Good for you for listening to uh, some, uh, you know this podcast. You don't have to support my endeavors, but sure. good for him for for I hope you know finding something else that he loves. Yeah, know? absolutely. But you think about how about the fact that like uh, the Olsen twins mm-hmm. literally started the TV show as babies. Oh yeah, then had this gigantic career where it's probably like maybe they're an industry like they were an industry and now they're still like in the public eye sort of yeah it's interesting well i mean it really shows you like what you can you know if you choose to create an industry out of yourself out of that moment of success versus if you just decide to you know 
go 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 to school you yeah. know it's like which i think is that's cool that he didn't do that that he didn't choose to go that direction and then of course there are the cory feldman's and cory hames of the world where you know not maybe not as you're not as happy with how things end yeah up. no yeah that's that is the sadder thing but I, I am now i'm really curious as to what jtt is doing i feel like he's what if he went into not organic food he went into like big big industrialized yeah, food and he, then he and mark had a big falling out over that yeah he works for big corn he's a <laughs> he's a monsanto executive yeah, exactly and uh he's <laughs> fucking it up for all of us <laughs> but you know maybe he's the reason that corn syrups and everything so i'm i'm you were, you were mentioning earlier that uh y- your wife is strongly anti-tim allen and yeah. I'm, I'm curious as to why i i don't i think it just freaks her out meryl what freaks you out about tim the tool man to, about tim allen <laughs> you just have a visceral, visceral hatred really? of Tim Allen. That's so fascinating because, like, for me, I see him as you know, in Home Improvement, he's he's spouting some jokes that you know, in 2014, appear to be not the the most you know gender. Uh, friendly. He's a stereotype of a He's man. A stereotype he, of a man, but he does so in a way that I think is fairly self-aware, and so he doesn't appear to be uh, a force of like evil to me. Right. But, I think maybe I didn't read it that way when I was a kid. Gotcha. Maybe that just kind of like festered and grew. And so it's like, the anti-woman thing. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> it's a, you don't even know. You're. It's just an un. It's just unfiltered hatred. Yeah. All right. And I tried even I want to get her to watch Galaxy Quest because Galaxy I Quest is it, one of my favorite. But movies. here's here's an interesting thing that supports Meryl's uh, hatred of Tim Allen was that when Harold Ramis died this past year, yeah. there are a lot of stories about him. And one of the interesting things that I read somewhere was that he had the he, he, they wanted him to direct Galaxy Quest, and he said, "I won't do it if Tim Allen is in Galaxy wow. Quest." That's so interesting. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but there's something innate to, to some people that maybe there's that's interesting. This. All right, yeah, I don't know a lot about him as a person. I guess I know that he had his early like troubles with cocaine and everything. I do. So, I know that, he, but I don't. But his, but he's like, <laughs> Meryl, we're done with you. <laughs> I certainly don't want to get on the side of a criminal. Yeah, thanks, but, Meryl. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll check back in with Meryl. That's interesting. Her. Yeah, no, I mean maybe he's a, a guy that people had a tough time working with. I guess I just always knew because I love Galaxy Quest and I, uh, Galaxy and, Quest and is even a, a very movie, funny movie. Even a movie like uh, the Santa Claus, I remember being a good solid I saw comedy. It in the theater. I saw yeah, that in the I mean you know, so I just don't have any like strong. I you know I'm not going to certainly go to bat for him too hard, but I generally thought that he was a yeah, I, a, I, a, I, a good solid comedian. I honestly don't have many thoughts about him. I have but, a lot more than you do. Yeah, but he yeah. well, do you know the cocaine thing? What happened with that? Uh, not the specifics. I think he was caught with like a pound and a half of cocaine. Good lord! In, the, in 1978, <laughs> and that's, that's a good that's a good amount. And 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 to lessen his sentence, he like I think he named names. Really? So, so <laughs> not only was he a drug uh, a drug mule, yeah. I don't know what he was, but he was he, like, he he told on his on the friends. Yeah, he was um, like Dave Cummings, Pablo Gutierrez. <laughs> he just named all the names. Yeah, um, which is uh, wow. which is just crazy and amazing that, or maybe I don't know if it's amazing, but to have a career after that is like yeah, holy shit. He battled back, I guess. Yeah, that's intense. Pretty I guess it's one of those things where it's like, even with that, I'm like, I don't know. If I was caught with a pound of cocaine, I'd probably name names too. Oh, no, no. I, well, that's the thing is, first of all, let's be honest. Both of us could get caught with a pound of cocaine. <laughs> At any minute, yeah. At any minute. Because you just put it out on the table when you, because it was, you couldn't sit down with a, with that. That's a it's, lot. That's a lot of pockets. Yeah. But yeah, if you're under the gun and it's either a ton of jail, hey, maybe you know, maybe you name names. You maybe you, yeah, who cares? He didn't have any allegiance to those uh, those people. But I guess he must have been small time because if he was part of a bigger drug syndicate, you know, he wouldn't live to tell that story. Oh, there'd be a backlash. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, he wasn't involved with Nicky Barnes and, <laughs> <laughs> in the seventies. I mean, maybe he was. No, you never know. You, you, you never know. That's interesting. Well, yeah, no, maybe he's maybe he's personally uh, not the best dude. No, I but, I don't know. I mean, listen, it's tough. I when I met Meryl, I, I that came up. I think one of the first times we hung out, and I said I also didn't really? like him oh, because. Really and you know what? That's 
that's Tim advice right there is in the show. He said, you oh, know, yeah. basically, you were like, I, I understand. understand. I, I said, I understand. I understand. I understand. Yeah. You hate Tim Allen, so do I. <laughs> um, if you had to come up with a drinking game for home improvement, sure. um, uh, including this episode, but it could go further than that, what, what would be good moments to drink? Um, that's a good question. Uh, maybe. Well, I guess this could be this could go for a lot of like '90s sitcoms, mm. but like I would say maybe like a a a charming. Every time there's a kind of a, a cute joke mm. that in that if said in reality would would badly harm your relationship. Yeah, yeah. Like I think there's because there's a lot of that. There were a lot of that. In fact, there was one joke where um, a young kid, said, Curtis, who I guess is their neighbor. I remember vaguely remember the character says to um to Jill that her carrot costume she's dressed as a carrot covers up that she's fat. Yeah, just outright and says I guess uh, yeah, I don't know fat. if that fits that that's cute cuz that I don't think in any way is but no. but but it, there was something charming about a child saying. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. And in Jill's I mean in their defense they do spend the rest of the episode with Jill shitting on that kid. Yeah, and in defense she was fat. She's a fucking beast. <laughs> and we, she needed to be told that by somebody yeah. if out of the mouths of babes and if, if that's the only way that she can learn that she needs to uh, you know get her body into the uh, uh into the order it needs to be in then so be it. Um I'd say that anytime Wilson's face is obscured by something that's not the fence. That's good. The mummy costume counts if you're playing on this episode. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I would say how about um a just a just a moment that that utterly defies physical logic mm. because there are a couple of those in this episode there's the his uh, in the beginning and at the end there's the pumpkin oh, yeah. that explodes uh and then inexplicably the innards of the pumpkin are all over Al Borland's face. Right. This is part of uh, an experiment on Tim's show or right. him showing how to explode a pumpkin into a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Uh, let me just explain that for people that are listening. There's a there's a jack-o'-lantern bit in the beginning where Tim explodes the innards of a jack-o'-lantern. Wait, before you say that, that Al's – there are two jokes that are based on faces on pumpkins. Yeah. Al shows his pumpkin and it's Bob Vila, right. which gets a – more or less close to like standing over here. <laughs> yeah, it really brings the house People down. People are like, yeah! yeah, which I guess there's like, he loves yeah. Bob Vila on the show. Sure, 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 sure. Then Tim. And then Tim, you know, instead of carving and taking out all the gunk of the pumpkin himself, he has decided to explode the innards of the pumpkin. Uh, classic Tim, Tim Taylor move. And, more, he, and he says his catchphrase, which I forgot. More power. power, yeah, exactly. And so, to his credit, they uh, we thought that maybe just the, the pumpkin was going to explode way too big, right? But it didn't. It didn't. It exploded just the right amount. Uh, but before it does, Al hides behind the table, uh, under the table, under the table, under the table, and so not behind it, under it. And then the pumpkin innards explode, and then it's revealed that all the pumpkin innards are uh, on Al's face. Which, if you think about it, makes absolutely no sense because Al was under the table. So how would they did they explode downward through the table no onto sense. Al's face? No. Doesn't make sense. And then at the end of the episode, uh, there's this moment where Al is still just a decapitated head uh, in the basement, right. and he says, uh, "Tim, uh, help help me." Tim's walking upstairs, and he's like, "Tim, help me get out of this thing." And Tim, of course, doesn't doesn't do it, and he and he's like, "There's spiders," and and Tim goes, "No, there's just those are just rubber spiders that Jill bought." To help with the spooky nature of the spooky house, right? And 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 then uh, Tim continues to walk upstairs. Cut to reveal a fucking tarantula, a huge, tarantula. a legit tarantula is walking next to Al Borland's face, which is crazy. Which on just so many levels, what they're in Detroit. Can I say this? I might be making a statement that I don't believe, but I think I do believe it. Mm-hmm. That tarantula humor started with Home Alone. Yeah, Buzz's tarantula. I think you can trace that directly from this. That's a really from, good point. From Home Alone to this episode of, of, uh, of yeah, whatever the show a, is called. Yeah, you can called. put a piece of yarn from the from one to the other on your wall of uh, yeah, of, of my of, of my comedy <laughs> of my Home Alone uh, lineage wall. Yeah, I'm gonna, no, I might want to take that back after I look up when Arachnophobia came out. Oh, that's a good point. Arachnophobia movie came out in 1990. 
And Ooh. Home Alone was... That's, that's just before Home Alone. I mean, it could have been, you know, maybe one of the props guys from Home Alone, uh, <laughs> Home Alone came out 1990, same year. Oh. That was a big spider year. Big spider year. Big we, spider everyone year. Everyone knows that 1990, huge spider year. Yeah. But no, it's, uh, it's very strange. It's a big tarantula in their basement in Detroit. So you drink on uh, uh, Wilson's face, uh, physical things that are almost impossible... Uh, cute jokes, and I'd say that um, another physical thing that was crazy was that when Wilson was dressed as the mummy, he f- flies into the air by like fishing hook or strings or something. Like it, oh, it, that's yeah. just imp- I don't know. Like I guess you know more power. I more guess power. you know what yeah, he, Tim hey, found a way. Tim found a way. <laughs> Tim found a way to that's do that. Stuff, I actually that's stuff. I'm like I'm kind of all about because that he in fairness his character is all about way overdoing yeah. the you know so True. it's like hey. He's gonna he's gonna find a way to get him up on a fish on some fish hooks, but yeah, it is. What's funny about that, just from a writing standpoint, like the the spider thing, is that like it wouldn't have been that hard to like just introduce earlier in the episode that like one of the kids has a pet. JTT has a pet tarantula. Yeah, just there's like there are ways to do things so they don't just feel like utterly random. And I'm not trying to be like a comedy snob here. It's just like wouldn't that have been just a more rewarding joke if it's just like introduce it in the beginning and then yeah. at the end, up oh, there it is. There's that tarantula. Oh, man, As opposed to leaving me being like, where the fuck did that Detroit tarantula come and from? And you know what movie does that well? Home Alone. No, oh, there you that go. Tarantula. They set it up at the beginning. Buzz has a tarantula, and then later when Great it's on David Stern's face callback. and he's screaming on the top there of his you lungs. Go. That's comedy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I came here to do: is to give a detailed comedy lesson based okay. on Home Improvement. Because imagine in Home Alone, if all of a sudden Kevin just throws a tarantula yeah. on on David Stern's face, yeah, where, <laughs> you can't, randomly, you can't even enjoy that moment because you're just you're so caught up in the like, in the why. Where is that tarantula where, from? What's going on with that tarantula? Why is Kevin comfortable with tarantulas? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. With tarantulas, you owe the audience a setup, is what I'm saying. You owe it to them. All right? Yeah. That's a strong opinion that I have. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally, totally agree. Well, I thank you so much oh, for coming and talking you. to me about Home Improvement. And I just want to say the theme song. Oh, funky as shit. Funky as hell. Funky. It's it's it. I think it's the only instance in popular culture of legit jazz flute. It's it's a great jazz flute song, and I actually I love it. And I you know some it. of the the percussion is it sounds like tools. <laughs> it's true, and the uh is in the song. The the yeah. the grunt is in the song. I a, fa- a fact about me is that my ringtone was that wow. for a while because I thought it was funny, and also because I just thought it was a fun song. But then it gets old so fast, and people stopped enjoying it. I know, I I'm always on vibrate. Are you? Yeah. Always. Yeah. That was the original theme song for the show. It was just a, a <laughs> it was subtle a, vibration <laughs> over the, as the credits. And you're like, huh. is that my phone? Is that. Yeah, you didn't know. What is. So every time. <laughs> every time your phone rang, we we're like, is somebody watching an episode of Home Improvement? <laughs> right, oh, like right. My phone. Oh, my phone. My gosh. I'm sure that got a couple of good laughs from people. Yeah, it was, it was a good couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice couple of days. Yeah. Things about well, Thank you so much, Dan. Is there anything, uh, any shout outs you want to give? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just want to thank, uh, I want to thank uh, JTT again for listening and, and uh, let's and thank Tony 1953 again. Tony 1953 for your for the suggestion. And Tony, if you um, write in, uh, we'll send you a signed copy of uh, absolutely Tim Allen's uh, 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 book. Sure, yeah, I would love to meet you one day. Yeah, um, why don't you? You want to give your address for Tony? Uh, yeah, my full address. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. Seriously, Tony, if you're out there, get in touch with. We'll, we'll give you Dan's full address. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. we'll hook that up and. Oh yeah, I'm sure she's a delightful woman. Yeah, although yeah. you picked a pretty shitty episode. That is a good point. We've been we've been kind of a little bit too nice to, to, to her, really. Hey, Tony, thank you for listening, mm-hmm. and we appreciate your your fandom, and we appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was she calling snobby? By the way, it was the oh yeah snobby, and uh, as it turns out, an utterly incorrect word for this kid. That was the um the writer strong character that she's calling. Did she call him by name? Uh, no, she okay, called him. She say. called him Brad's snotty friend. Snobby, Snot, friend. snotty, snotty friend. or snobby. Friend. But either way, not snotty or snobby. The, in fact, the opposite. He's a badass. He's, he's a, a bad boy. He's a bad he's boy. Fucking Ryder Strong. Yeah, exactly. Don't you call him snobby, Tony? We love you. Oh, we do love but you. But 
in terms of picking an episode and in terms of your your characteristics that you think that uh, a writer strong yeah. exhibits, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're considering, yeah, you should have thought a little bit harder before you started. You took finger to keyboard on the home improvement message boards. Uh, so... It's not a big deal, but learn from your mistakes is what we're saying. But at the same time, happy 61st Happy. Yeah, it's today. It's, it's today. Happy birthday. Um, thank you so much, Dan. Yep. And thank, thank you. Thank you, Tony1953. <laughs> thanks to Dan Gerwich, and thanks to you for listening to It's That Episode. Uh, why don't you tweet at me? If you if you had got any of your favorite tool time memories, home improvement memories, Tim Allen memories, if you were one of the people that he uh, gave cocaine to, or if you are one of the people that he snitched on, or if you're just a fan of his. I don't know why I'm indicting him again here. He already served his time. Um, tweet at me at It's That Episode. I'll respond on It's That Episode, the Twitter. Um, feel free. And if you're a fan of the podcast, let other people know. Pass it on. Um, pass it. Uh, play a game of telephone where you... I don't know. I don't know how to finish that sentence and, and make it make sense. That was really stupid. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great night and an early manana. Adios, amigos. Yeah.